Amen. Well, it's finally here. It's finally here. It's Vision Sunday. Who's excited? Who's excited? Right? Me, apparently. Right? <laughs> but it's, it's Mission, uh, not Mission Sunday, Vision Sunday. And over the past couple of weeks, we've been doing a mini-series in the run-up to prepare us for what we believe that God is saying to us as a church and where God is leading us as a church. And the big idea of this mini-series was this, that we serve and we worship and we adore a God who goes before us. A God who goes before us. If you can cast your mind back a couple of weeks, you'll maybe remember that we were in the book of Exodus in chapter 33, looking at a verse that was very, verses that were very important and still are very important in the life of this church in recent years. We looked at the importance of placing the blesser, God, above the blessing. Above the things that God gives us, we want to place the blesser. We want to place God above all of those things. And we looked at this conversation that Moses had with God. And God says, tell the people of Israel they're a stiff-necked people. Tell them that I'm going to keep my promise, but I'm not going to go with them to the promised land. And Moses and God are in dialogue. The people are in mourning. And Moses comes before God and he says, unless your presence goes with us, do not take us up from this place. And we looked at the importance and the significance of God's presence and God's leading. And we vowed afresh a couple of weeks ago, unless his presence goes with us, we don't want to go. Then last week, despite the technological disasters, do you remember those? I remember those. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but despite all of that, God was still speaking. God was still working. And we looked at 2 Timothy chapter 2, where Paul writes to his young protege, Timothy, who he's left in the church in Ephesus to sort out some disputes that are going on. He writes to him and he tells him how important it is to impress upon himself and impress upon the church the importance of honouring God with our lives. Honouring God in the way that we live. Looking at these instructions that he gives in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 20 to 26 and examples. And, and, and I, said, I said last week, you maybe remember, I don't really tend to read instruction manuals, right? But Paul gives Timothy an instruction manual and he says, to honour God, do this. And tell the church, they've got to do this. He's very prescriptive in it, but Paul has been a man who has spent time with God and in the presence of God. And his instruction goes forth. So we looked at, unless the presence of God goes, we don't want to go. We looked at the importance of honouring God with our lives and how we serve a God who honours those who honour him. But looking forward to today. Today we move towards sharing the vision. That which we feel God is leading us to at this time. In this place. For this season. And today we share that vision. Which God has given not only for us as a church. But for the betterment and for the benefit of our community beyond 
these walls. I don't know about you. I don't know if you know this. I need to be reminded of it very often, but we collectively, we are not called to be a holy huddle. We're not, co we're not called to just come together on a Sunday to say, wasn't that great, to pat each other on the back and go about our lives as if nothing has happened. But we're called to be salt. We're called to be light. We're called to be ambassadors for God beyond these four walls. And the church board began a process at the start of the summer. And that process was to seek God for what's next. Because the old adage, you've probably heard it, is if you're not moving forward, if you're standing still, you're moving backwards. Because the world moves on, doesn't it? The world moves on. The world moves at a fierce pace. And we didn't want to be complacent. We knew we were in a good season. We knew that God was blessing, but we wanted more. Just as Moses wanted more of God, we want more of God. And God is so willing and so able to give more of himself. So we started the process of looking at what vision casting would look like, looking at what it would look like for us as we moved forward. And you'll maybe remember that we asked you to fill out a couple of wee surveys. We sent a few surveys out to community groups. We sent a few surveys out to the surrounding community just to get a feel of where we actually are. Because very often we can think we're somewhere and other people think something different. And it was good in many ways because it confirmed lots of things, but it also challenged a lot of our own thinking too. Things that we thought we were bad at, the community were telling us, actually, you're quite good at that. <laughs> Things that we thought we were good at, the community were telling us, well, actually, you're not that great at that at all. So it was a good reality check. It was good to see exactly where we were. Then we invited along a friend of the church, um, Jeff Wilson, who used to attend our church in Lurgan. He's a sports consultant, but has a big heart for the church. And we invited him along for a morning at the end of August, and many of you were there at that, where he led us through what it meant to cast vision, what it meant for us to seek God for all that he has for us. And then out of that, eventually came, with much prayer, a way forward. And that's what we want to share with you today. I've left my clicker over there, so I wonder if Chloe, you could just bring that or chuck it. Thank you. Isn't she lovely? Right? It's great. The first question we've got to ask is, well, why is vision important? Why is vision important? The scriptures are very clear. And I'm reading from the King James here because I believe it says it better than most of our translations do. In Proverbs 29 and 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Vision shows us where we're headed. Vision provides motivation and inspires us to keep going. Most, uh, vision helps us to move forward and move through obstacles. Because I don't know if you've ever set a plan for something 
Have you ever set a plan and it hasn't quite gone as planned? You've maybe hit a few bumps along the road. Having a vision will help us to navigate those obstacles which come up along the way. This vision provides focus. We believe with heart and with soul that this vision that we're about to share with you is God-given. And if it's God-given, it's worth our focus. And vision gives us meaning and it gives purpose to what we do. We don't want to be walking blindly. We want to be walking in the path that God has paved for us. And that's why vision is important. And this is the vision that we came up with. I say we came up with, this is the vision we believe God has given to us. That by September 2024, we will be East Belfast Kingdom Builders. We'll be a church that is connected into the local community and with local churches around about us, working together to see the kingdom grow and help to meet the needs of our community. And I've listed there some of those needs that were highlighted in our surveys. Loneliness, poverty. And let me tell you, poverty is not just food poverty. It's fuel poverty, educational poverty, emotional poverty, mental health issues, and spiritual growth. But what does that mean? That's all well and good to say this is the vision, but what does it mean? What does that mean? It means that we will connect. It was Gary came up with this, and I thought it was brilliant. These three words, connect, transform, and sustain. We will connect with various organisations in the local East Belfast area. We will transform people's lives by introducing them to our Saviour. And we will sustain our church membership because we don't want to leave our church membership behind. We will sustain our church membership in terms of spiritual and numerical growth. But how do we summarise this? Again, because this is just a lot of words, isn't it? If you come on the journey with me, how do we summarise this into something that's manageable? How do we summarise this into something that's digestible, that's easy to remember, but also captures the height and depth of the calling that God has placed upon us as a church for such a time as this? How do we do that? We've got a new mission statement. Our mission statement is that we would share the hope and love of Jesus with East Belfast. You're going to see this around the lot. By the way, it's going to be on our branding. It's going to be on our slides. It's going to be on our social media. It's going to be everywhere. Because as a church, we are called to share the hope and love of Jesus with East Belfast. You might be looking at that and going, well, that, of course, is, is nothing new. It's not really anything new. The scriptures tell us that there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> Rather, this is based on a command that Jesus gave to his nearest and dearest earthly friends. We call them his disciples. And by extension, he gives to each one of us. These will be familiar verses to you. 
Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We are called to be a church that share the hope and love of Jesus with East Belfast. But how are we going to do that? We all in the room still. We all following along. Turning the person beside you and go, I'm all in. <laughs> right? Brilliant. How are we going to do that? To do that, we need to set some values for us as a church. And I would argue, and our church board leadership would argue too, that these are things which we're already doing, but we want to get better at. We want to get better at. So our values as a church are love. That we would be a church which demonstrate the love of Christ by our actions. That we will love others and help them where we can to deal with the issues which they face. Do you feel the love as you walk into the room? We want to foster that. We really want to build on that. Compassion. That we would be a church that show compassion to those who we come in contact with. Those who we encounter regardless of their background and regardless of their life circumstances. Recognising that we are told in scripture that each and every individual has been created in the image of God. Compassion. Welcome. Whether it's a Sunday or whether it's during a week, we will be welcoming to whoever comes across our path, treating them as part of the family. Because we are family, aren't we? But treating them as part of the family, welcoming them into the family and inviting them to join us. Love, compassion, welcome. But we also want to be authentic. Authentic's a bit of a buzzword. What does that even mean? We want to be a family in which each person is encouraged to be who they were created to be by God. And be accepted regardless of what stage of the journey of faith that they're on. Wednesday evening we were talking partly about how long we have been following Jesus and one individual says, nearly 70 years. My mouth near dropped. <laughs> My hair might be falling out, but I'm not anywhere near 70. It's a long time to be following Jesus. But we want to be a church where it doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for 70 years or 70 minutes. Or 70 seconds. Or maybe you're just not even following him yet. I want this to be a place where you are allowed to be who God has created you to be. Regardless of the stage of the journey of faith that you are on and you find yourself. And that this would be a place where there's no need for pretense, where there's no need for masks, there's no need to pretend, but where we can be who God has created us to be. 
and in my case that's warts and all. Love, compassion, welcome, authentic. We also want to be a faithful people. Faithful people. We will be faithful in our responsibilities as part of the family of God and to the family of God in every area of our lives. Be that our time, be that our finances, be that our gifts and our graces, be that the pursuit of holiness to which we are called. Recognising that God himself is a faithful God. And when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. Being faithful to God and faithful to one another. They sound like pretty good values, don't they? But they're going to take work. They're going to take work. They're going to take each and every one of us getting behind us. You're going to take each and every one of us playing our part in making these words a reality in this place and beyond these walls. And to do that, we need to be faithful in the place of prayer, continually laying ourselves before God's grace and God's mercy. We need to keep each other accountable to the values. We need to encourage one another and we need to carry one another's burdens. But we also always need to be open to the moving and to the prompting of the Holy Spirit of God, recognising that whilst we call this our church, it's actually his church. And that we have the privilege of being co-laborers with him. That it's his will which must be done, not ours. I'm excited about this. I'm very excited about this. You might say, Sammy, you're always excited about everything. Right? But I really genuinely am so excited about this. And we're going to talk in a little bit about how that's going to play out. Some goals which God has given us and we believe that God has given us. But right now we're going to worship in song. Because it's a long time to sit. Isn't it? Stand with us if you can. And we're going to sing along to a song that's going to be on the screen. A God who does great things. Thank you. For those of you who don't know, that's my brother. It's not me. Right? <laughs> Promise. Right. So we, we do, we worship a God who does great things and can do great things and will do great things. And he longs to do great things in our midst. There's a passage in the book of Isaiah that it says that the Lord <coughs> longs to bless his people. Think about that for a moment. The creator of the universe longs to bless you. Longs to bless me. Longs to bless us as the people of God. And as I've said countless times over this past three years, and probably will say until the day that I die, the best days of this church are not behind, but they're yet to come. They're ahead of us. The best is yet to come. Do you believe it? I'm really encouraged that there were so many nods. 
We believe it, don't we? These are not just words. So as we sought God together for a vision, aided by the Holy Spirit, we set four clear goals. And we're gonna rattle through these for you together. But these four clear goals would help us and will help us together as a church remain focused on that to which God has called us to during this time and this season. These are neither prescriptive nor restrictive. In other words, they're not barriers which we've put in place to weigh us down, but rather these are areas which we believe that God is asking us to step into in faith over these next three years. So those four things are this, that we would have a fit for purpose building, discipleship, meaningful community impact, and that we would be a church for all generations. And to speak to the first of these, from both a practical and a spiritual point of view, I'm going to ask Karen if she would come and share with us on behalf of the church leadership about the Fit for Purpose building. I really wish at this stage that I'd had Alex <coughs> Allison's opening illustration about the brick builders, because I thought that was really good and I could have pinched that from her saying I'm the big sister. But as a child, we're going to segue then into rhymes and nursery rhymes. As a child, I love nursery rhymes. Do any of you know the one, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door. Okay, all the people. So here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door and all the people. And we all know from that that it's a simple rhyme and I'm going to keep this simple and short because our time's going, but it's a really profound truth. The kingdom and building the kingdom, it's not about stones, it's not about buildings, but it's about people. But you know, in this day and age, in 2021, coming to 22, we're far along here, we do need a physical space. We need a space that is fit for purpose that we can go forward in to serve the community here. Sometimes I think um, with buildings, you know, you think, oh, God's not bothered about the building, it's the people, it's the people. But, you know, God sometimes is bothered about the building. And even I was thinking back on scripture, looked at the tabernacle and all the instructions that were given in the Old Testament. The, the temple and all the instructions that went with that, a physical space for people to meet, to worship, to fellowship, to build community, to showcase who Jesus is to everyone around us, not just in here, but out there, and to be church and to do church in. Yes, it's about people and yes, it's about his work. Um, and I would suggest that in that way, our buildings are important. And going forward, Jesus says, I will build my church. And Pastor Sammy's already covered some of that. Jesus will build his church and our best days are before us. And Jesus also says, in my father's house are many rooms. Here in McGeehan, we have so many rooms. Um, and I was thinking, wow, in many ways, what a gift and what an opportunity. We have rooms and then some above us is a full-size sports hall and if you've ever been up there and run about in this it is just such a fabulous children's space young people's space and all that has gone on over the years that we want to take forward and is happening now and it's a great family space behind us we have a beautiful sanctuary 
Now she's getting a bit of an old lady. I think she's about 130 odd years old and there's stuff to do, but it's a wonderful church. And if I could just share with you the building, someone actually forgot their glasses at a recent um, ceremony there. And I got a text from someone who said, my granny and granda were in your church. She forgot her glasses and can't find them. Um, they were a bit, and, and just through conversation, they were totally daunted about coming into this church. They'd never been in it before. And you know what? They said it was the most beautiful building when they got in. They loved the warmth of the heating and the fellowship. And they were so pleased that in all these years, 70 odd years on the road, they'd never been in the building. And when they came in, they were completely wowed. And she found her glasses, by the way. But I just think those things are really, really important. But we have many rooms, but as a church, we want to, and our challenge is that we don't just maintain, but that we grow. And as a team together, we ensure that our church building is fit for the purpose, more importantly, fit for the purposes of God in this generation among us, and that we have the very best use of the facilities here. And I just want to say three things very quickly. Number one, thank you. Have a thankful heart. Thank, we give thanks for each of you who give faithfully in your tithing, in your giving, and you honour the Lord in this, and we bless you for that as a, as a church leadership team. But I also want to extend an invitation to you. Pray for the leadership. Pray that we make right decisions for the best use of our facilities in the church. What do we need to do? I always talk about the must, the should, and the could. What must we do going forward? What maybe could we do? What should we do um, as we go forward? But also the practical steps. And so pray for us as a church leadership in that. And, and practically, we want to hear from you. If you have ideas, put on your creative cap, come and talk to us. Could you be a volunteer? Could you be, God calls it a co-worker? Um, could you help with maybe some of the cleaning things? Could you help with ideas? Are you artistic and creative? Could you help with some of that here, maybe with the, the colours or whatever? Um, all those things. And I want to just finish by saying, as we go forward together as a team, we want to, as pastors talked about vision and moving forward, we want to move forward together, but there's a small um, chorus and, and I just love it. And if I could share that with you. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they used to say, here comes the dreamer. And it's a chorus and it says, make me Lord a dreamer for your kingdom. Plant in my heart heavenly desires. Plant faith that will say impossibilities shall be and vision lest a word should perish. A world should perish not knowing you. So I just pray that somehow we'll be ignited and together and move forward for his purposes this generation and be dreamers for his kingdom. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you, Karen. We all doing okay? Yeah. yeah, we'll keep going. Second, second goal which we have set is that we would be a church that disciple people. Disciple people. Draw alongside them in this way. And these are some of the ways that we feel that God is calling us together as the church to do just this. First thing 
is to identify, train and support new leaders. I wonder if anybody in the room, Pastor Philip, you're not allowed to answer, but if anybody in the room knows the um, scriptural role of the pastor. The scriptural role of the pastor is found in Ephesians chapter 4. And it says that the role of the pastor is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. To equip the saints, to equip us to do the work that God has prepared in advance for us to do. So that the body of Christ may be built up. We want to give people more opportunities to use their God-given gifts. You may remember a few months ago we did a spiritual gifts survey and there was a purpose to that. We wanted to see the different ways in which God had gifted us as a church and you as individuals to serve him. And we recognise that these are God-given gifts to be used for the glory of God. And we want to train and identify and release you and support you into doing all that God has called you to do. We want to deepen the prayer life of the church. Who's heard the phrase, variety is the spice of life? Right? Variety is the spice of life. And so it should be with our prayer lives as well. We want to offer a variety in pr of prayer activities and more opportunities to pray in different ways so that it's not just us sitting in a room, sitting in a circle with our heads bowed and awkwardly waiting for the next person to pray. We want to deepen the prayer life of the church. We want to get people excited about the prayer life of the church and we want an expansion of the ministry of prayer in the local church. You've heard me say before a quote um, by somebody else. Um, it's not attributed to anybody but Anon, which means anonymous. We don't know whose quote it is. It says that the hinge of history is the bended knee. The hinge of history is the bended knee. If we want to see a community transformed for Jesus, the hinge of history is the bended knee. We need to be praying. We need to be a praying people. We want to see, a, and we feel called to see, a deepening of the church's prayer life. But we also want to empower people to tell their story. Do you know that you're a miracle of God's grace? You can get excited about that, right? But you're a miracle of God's grace. A miracle. And we have the greatest story that has ever been told, that is ever being told, and will ever be told. The story of a saviour who came. And made a way for us to have relationship with him. Scripture tells us to be ready in season and out of season to give account for the hope that is within us. But very often we don't know how to do that. So we want to train you. We want to, we want to be trained together to tell the story of God's grace in our lives. People relate to stories, don't they? I'll relate a lot more to a story that Lila tells me than a story I read in a book. We want to empower. We want to be empowered to tell our story. We also want to see small groups developed. Small groups developed where discipleship takes place. We feel called to provide a space where intentional discipleship takes place in smaller groups 
in homes throughout East Belfast, throughout the week. Do you know there's more to church than this? There's more to church than this, and maybe that excites you. It's great. There's more to church than this. Not that these smaller communities would become an alternative to gathering like this, but rather that they would enhance our experience whenever we come together. As relationships are formed within the church body that not only benefit us as individuals, but benefit us as a church as well. And then lastly, we're a family, aren't we? We're a family and we want to foster that sense of family. We want you to feel even more part of the family. I want to feel more part of the family. We want to provide a platform for all the church to get together, to fellowship together, to deepen relationships which already exist, but also create a space where new relationships can develop. Scripture is very clear that we are part of the family of God. And whilst we do already have a really loving, caring, welcoming and accepting atmosphere here at the church, we're called to foster that and to build on that sense of family. We were going to do a song, but I got really excited and went on. So I'm going to skip the song and we're going to go into number three very quickly. Is that okay? Yes. yes. Number three. We feel that we are called to make a meaningful impact in our community. Church is not just about the walls here. Church, we are supposed to go beyond the walls and make an impact in our community. And first thing, one of the findings from our survey and other surveys which were carried out by other organisations in East Belfast, including the likes of the Scaffolding Project and other organisations, is that the mental health of individuals in East Belfast is of real concern in a way that it has not quite been before. And as a church, our ministry is to be, again, following the scriptural mandate to the poor and to the needy. And we are to meet the needs of our community around about us. As such, in order to create a meaningful community impact, we believe that God is asking us to facilitate and equip a mental health professional to use our building to meet this need in this community. As Karen said, God's blessed us with incredible facilities. It's easy, it's easy to be hard on the old girl, but she is incredible, right? And collaborating and working with other key groups in the community, we would look to allow use of this building for activities and programs which will improve the quality of life of people in East Belfast. Examples of this could include, but are not limited to, alcohol, um, Alcoholic Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, debt relief organisations, local community forums, exercise classes, etc, etc. One example that this is, all, in a way that this is already taking place, is, I don't know if you know this, but the under sevens football team of Harland and Wolf Welders meet here at quarter past six every Wednesday, not in here, up there. And they train here during the winter months so that the kids don't catch a cold. A practical outworking of that. This one excites me. We're going to need to increase church staff. We're going to need to increase church staff because as our influence 
in the community grows, more staff will be required to ensure that we are faithful to the commitments which we make and feel that God is calling us to. That doesn't abdicate any of us of our responsibility to serve God in a voluntary capacity. In fact, we encourage that. But we feel that God is telling us now is the time to bring on another member of staff. And Chloe will talk to that in a little bit. Emergency hardship fund. I don't know if you've noticed, but the price of everything's going up. Price of diesel's going up. Price of food's going up. The price of the electric and the gas are going up. Furlough has ended. Unemployment rates are beginning to spike. And there's an increased cost of living. And more and more people are finding themselves in financial hardship. And as such, we sense that God is calling us to make a tangible difference through an emergency hardship fund that can be used to bless our community. Last thing from me. If we're gonna make a meaningful community impact, we need to build meaningful relationships with statutory community and other faith-based organizations for the betterment of East Belfast. I wanna tell you this is ongoing and the results so far are encouraging. This church is involved in many different forums. Don't know if you're aware of it or not. Throughout East Belfast, the Inner East Forum, the East Belfast Churches Network, the Tension Monitoring Group, which works between Inner East Belfast and the Short Strand and around issues surrounding the interface. We're involved in chaplaincy at Harland and Wolf Welders Football Club. And there's so many different ways that this church is involved but we want to build on that. We want to make meaningful impact in this community. So, a fit for purpose building, a church that disciples its members, a church that makes a meaningful community impact. And lastly, I'm gonna to hand to Chloe. She's gonna tell us how we feel God is calling us to be a church for all generations. Given that we are a church for all generations, I'm going to say to Pastor Sammy, those are the kids that have finished Sunday school, do you want to just bring them in? Because yeah. we are all about that. So I'm just going to speak really quickly about um, our fourth um, objective, and that is to strengthen uh, and grow our church programs for all generations. Our ultimate vision for the church is to see the love and hope of Jesus shown and shared to all those around us and further afield. In order to do this, we want to be a church for all generations. So from the tiniest babies to, to the oldest of us here, we want to be open to everyone. We already do this as a church in many different ways, but we want to be able to expand and to strengthen that uh, through establishing the ministries we already have, continuing to build on those, but we also want to start new ministries in the church. So when we looked at it, um, we sort of split it off into four manageable objectives that we want to achieve by uh, 2023. But ideally, myself, alongside many others here, we want to see that happen much, much sooner. Um, and quite simply, we want to make God's known. God, sorry, we want to make God's name known through McGain. We want our church to be present in the community, a network across all age groups around us. And for that to happen, we need to be accessible and open. We need to have ministries here. So here's a little, here's a few ways we're going to start to make that happen. Um, so the first one is we want to establish a seniors ministry. Um, as a large group of you who are here already know this is something that we've made a start on. 
Um, we had our, our trip out uh, to Coleman's Garden Centre, just a day trip, and it was a fantastic time. Uh, just a fellowship and company and friendship. But we don't just want that to be a one-off thing, a random event that happens. We want that to be something that's going to become a monthly programme. We want it to be inclusive of everyone who wants to be a part. We want it to be a time of fellowship and of friendship. Uh, and right now we are in the process of that happening. So please keep an eye out because hopefully in December um, that will be starting off monthly and continuing from then onwards. So for anyone, if you're retired or you're ready for the crack at 50 plus, you are more than welcome to come and be a part of it. Um, and that will just be a really, really great time. So that's the first one. Um, for our younger generation, we're already seeing the fruit of the seeds sown by many different people in the building um, here today. Um, and we are seeing that come to harvest now, but that's something we want to continue on. Um, broadly speaking, um, we class McGee Kids as sort of our not to 18, um, but that is such a wide range. So you have your babies and toddlers, uh, you have your nursery, your primary school, right through to your youth at secondary school age. So it's, it's really inclusive to a lot of different people, but it's not a one size fits all. So there's lots of things we want to be able to do um, for that. Right now, we have a big reach into that middle section, um, but we want to expand it and we want to make McGeehan a place uh, for kids to grow in and through as they journey toward adulthood. Um, again, with that being said, we set ourselves three sort of main programmes that we want to start um, and continue on with and go from there. Um, so for the littlest ones, we want to establish a parent and toddler groups. We have families in this community who are already asking us for this to happen. Um, and that is something that we are uh, in the process of looking to make happen. And we know it's something that ran here in the past and was really, really successful. Um, hopefully when June is well enough to be out with us again, June has shown me a wonderful photo um, from many moons ago when Parents and Tots did happen here. And there was such a big grip from the community here. And that's something we want to have happen again. Um, we want to not only impact the littlest ones in our community, but the families in attendance. Uh, along with them. We want to make McGee in a space that is open to everyone. Um, so that's the first one. We want to continue to expand the reach that McGee and Kids has. Um, so as you know, when I took over as children's director, we sort of slightly rebranded us to become known as McGee and Kids. And that's not to 18, but again, really wide scope. Um, and it's been incredible already to see God's faithfulness um, in the ministries that we have running in our Sunday school, in Connections, on top of that, we have things like Holiday Bible Club, we have our events days, Breakfast with Santa, Easter fun days, movie mornings, just to name a few different things that we've done um, over the past while as well. Um, and we've started to see an incredible momentum building with that um, prior to COVID. And things were going really, really well. We finally, we put our kids at the forefront of church because they're not just the future, they're the here and now. They are part of our church and they are for for us to be around so we put our kids at the forefront we didn't just sort of shush them and quiet them down and keep them to the back because they're a part of a part of us as well um, and as i said covid hit and it has really been god's faithfulness and leading through um, that we've been able to continue um, to not just lose the momentum that we had um, but as we've started back um, off the back of um, restarting everything after our COVID season. Um, we have seen our relaunching of Sunday School and Connections. Just to really encourage you, 
Um, we have an average of 47 kids attending our connections, our primary school ministry, um, on a Friday night. At Sunday school, we have an average of 13 kids. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, I'm sure. They definitely don't go amiss um, on a Sunday morning. And it's just been so, so, so encouraging and a testament to the work that God's already doing here in McGeehan. But we want to continue to expand that. So we've set ourselves a goal. Um, and for me personally, this is a minimum. We want to impact a minimum of 100 different families in the surrounding community every month by 2023. And that might seem like a lot, but the reality is, with the ministries we already have, we're halfway there. We have time. We are continuing uh, to do um, the ministries that are on. We want to launch these new ministries as well. Um, so we want to be able to reach and impact these people to share that love and that hope with Jesus. And off the back of what we already have running, we've also seen a new need, and that is to establish a youth group. Again, McGean Kids reaches all the way through to 18. And once kids hit secondary school, they're at that age where they don't really want to be involved in the kids stuff, but they're not quite at the adult stuff yet either. Um, and it's a really crucial age um, for, for a child at that point. Uh, the world can be such a dark place and it's, it's a real uh, turning point that can see kids go away from church and away to different things in the outside world. We want to, to launch um, to establish a youth group um, here in the church, that we want it to be a light in what can be a dark place in the world, and we want it to be a point of direction to show the love of Jesus to them. We want to start this youth group that's going to be open and accessible to everyone, so that the church is somewhere that the youth want to be, not somewhere they don't want to be at because they think it's boring and it's old and everything else. We want it to be somewhere they actually want to come along to. Uh, and enable to do that, um, as uh, Pastor Sammy had shared, we want to have a, a dedicated youth and family worker um, here in the church who is working very um, specifically um, with this age group um, alongside the rest of the, the other ministries that are going on as well. Um, so that there is someone here, there is always an open, um, this is an open space for everyone to be able to come along uh, and attend to. Um, so that, those are the sort of four main ministries that we want to establish and continue to, to rebuild and to work on through here. Um, just to, to generally summarise, we want to be a multi-generational church. A church that no matter what age you are, we have something here so that you will always be shown the love and hope of Jesus. It's exciting isn't it? Yeah. It's very exciting. It's very, very, very exciting. Right now, we've had a lot of information thrown at us. I appreciate that and I recognise that. We're going to put together a wee document so that you can have this on a wee piece of paper so that you can take it away, so that you can pray over this and you can pray to God and ask him, what part do I have to play in this? Because it's not about one or two individuals. It's about the family of God coming together and serving the purposes of God and his kingdom in this place. I know I always say I'm excited, but you can tell why I'm excited, can't you? God has great plans for you. God has great plans for this place. I want to read one verse of scripture to you and then we're going to close our time in song. This one verse is found in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 12. Um, 
the very first time I preached here as a locally licensed preacher from Carrick and came and preached here. This was the verse that I preached on. And the Lord reminded me of that this morning. It says this. It says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mishpah and Shen and called it its name Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. For he said, Till now, the Lord has helped us. And today on Vision Sunday, we raise an Ebenezer to the Lord and we say, till now, the Lord has helped us. But we do so with assurance that we worship a God who is the same yesterday, today and forever. And that as we move forward in the plans which we believe he has given to us, even then, will he continue to help us. So let us stand and sing together. Come thou fount of every blessing. The second verse of which is, Here I raise my Ebenezer. Let's stand. 